ball control. Hello, Conroe, and welcome to a brand new edition of Ball Control. This is Corey DLG, and with me, as usual, is little brother Nico. Hello, hello. That's right. We are on 104.5, 106.1, and we are streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Uh, check us out at the homepage of the sister show, Nerd Thug Radio, at Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. Uh, we, got, we got a Twitter going. What's, what's the Twitter now? Uh, Ball Control 3. Ball Control 3. Because there's three. Apparently. Ball controls. Or ball control podcast that's also named. Ball control. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, there you go. Do that. Anyway, uh, what's up on this glorious Thursday afternoon? The rain is over. We are starting to dry out and looking like a beautiful weekend. Right. It's Thursday. It's 2 p.m. What up, Conrad? What is up? What is up? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Anything sporty? You, know, um, you got going in, on in my in my life. Yeah, I was came back from my professional league. No, <laughs> no, nothing, <laughs> nothing. Short answer, long answer, no. All right, eh, good work there. Um, so the World Series is going on. We got a lot to talk about today. We're gonna talk about the World Series. We're gonna talk about the Oakland Raiders. We're gonna talk about the New York Giants. Man, try and get a little NBA and NHL action in there also. And then of course we always do a recap of the NFL. But then we also have some college football to talk about. We got a lot going on. Oh, that's a lot going on. It's been a, it's been a busy week. I usually talk about the cool league. I know, right? Now we can't. Now we can't. Now we can't. All right. So, very top of this. What is, where's your philosophy? The World Series is going on. As everyone remembers, the Houston Astros were a participant in the Final Four. We were. They lost to the Bostonian Red Soxes. And uh, now Bostonia is in it against the Los Angeles uh, Dodges. The Ladoyers. The Ladoyers. And um, that's what's happening now. What's your stance on who who do you root for in that situation? Uh, I think you root for the team. While you did lose to them, that also means if they win it all, you lost to the world champion. So is that better than losing to the non-world champion? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Because you're like, because I I think about it when I go into like tournaments and stuff or like card games. It's like, yeah, but the guy I lost to ended up winning the thing. So it makes you feel better if the guy who beat you is good. Right. Like, uh, if you find out that, like, the guy you played is some sort of, like, card shark and, like, it's you're in poker and you're sitting there playing and the guy beats you, he's like, oh, yeah, but he's won two World Series. So right, yeah. You're probably supposed to lose to him. Right. That's, that's your logic? Yeah. Because it's like, well, I mean, if I'm going to get beat by anyone, it might as well be the champ, right? Is that, I mean... If I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose against the best guy in the game. <laughs> I feel like I've definitely done that before. Like, when you lose, you want... To sort of justify it in a way that doesn't. Here's the thing: nobody ever wants to just be like, "I lost." Yeah, I suck. Like I went in and I just. I mean, <laughs> sometimes it just suck, but you know. Sometimes you feel like a champion, and sometimes you're you're you. <laughs> you're not, and you lost. And you don't want that. Like that's not fun. Uh, I've definitely done that playing games and playing hero clicks and playing tournaments and all that. And you, you, you the guy who beats you, there's a reason you lost. It's never just. It's never just as easy as going. Well, you know. um... I played that badly. <laughs> I was I was pretty terrible at it. You you kind of have to always. And I mean, look, I'm not gonna justify because I mean, there was a lot of times where I watched those games. I'm like, man, we just played really poorly. Right. And I can recognize that, but also we lost the best team in the league. Like, there's something a little bit more just comforting it, about that. Is that makes it a little bit like you, you feel a little more justified in it if you turn around and you say, that, yeah, that we're, that we're technically fourth, but we lost to the the champion team. That's that's where I'm gonna stand. Um, you know what? Like, I don't want to. I don't want to. I I've done it. I do it. It, but essentially, you're making excuses, right? Like, you're, yeah, no, you're I, justifying, right? Like, you're saying, well, well, I mean, yes, I lost, but the guy I lost to, he's better than me. He is better than he's me. better than me. So of course I lost. Like, I wasn't supposed to win. Like, if I'd have won, but if I'd have won, it would have been awesome, right? But I was supposed to lose. Um, I mean, we all do it. So I, I get that part of it. I just don't know. It's something that you say to make you feel better. It's not necessarily justification. Right. Like, so my rule for the NFL is I always perpetually root against in this order. I always root for the Texans. I always root for whoever is playing Dallas because I don't like to be a negative person. I always root for whoever's playing the Colts. And then I always root whoever's playing Tennessee and then whoever's playing Jacksonville. So if Jacksonville is playing Dallas, then I can root for Jacksonville because they're at the bottom of the list. That's cool. If if Tennessee is playing the Colts, 
but I have to root for Tennessee because they're they're lower on the list. I'm less scared of those teams. Like those teams are less right. accomplished. So I don't care if they win. I feel like we could still beat them. Right. When the Colts win, it's like ah, oh, they're so good, and now they're a game ahead. And then ugh, what do we do here? They used to have Peyton Manning, and now it's Andrew Luck. And then ugh, ugh. so <laughs> used to be real upset about it. Yeah. I used to, oh man, I used to be. I, yes, I needed those teams to lose. On every <laughs> given, if, they, if they weren't zero and sixteen, I had a problem. Um, they had a lot of problems. <laughs> you know what, man? You're not lying. You're not lying. That's the name of my autobiography. A lot of problems. No money, mo problems. <laughs> no money, mo problems. Um, because <laughs> it turns out, <laughs> turns out I'm broke. But you can still find problems when you're broke. Right, so yeah. I don't know what he was rapping about. He, <laughs> he, he was he's going like past like yeah the problem scale. <laughs> he had like mo money and therefore he found mo problems. I have no money and mo still problems, problems find me. Uh, he has additional issues. Um, my my biggest issue here is an additional one, if you will. Yeah. My biggest issue with, with who to root for in this thing is it's like, okay, we beat the Dodgers last year. Yeah, we beat them. And I think the Dodgers got a little bit worse. So if they beat the Red Sox, who beat us, it's now a weird triangle of, well, well we, we beat the team who beat the team that beat us. Right. Now who's better? And like now you'll never know. And it's like rock, paper, scissors, and now it's just weird. Right. Um... So in that regard, you kind of if, if Boston never loses, like they're up two zero, right? They're already off to a really great start, right? So let's say they don't lose the series. Let's say they win it five four one four two, something like that. Um, just win four zero right here. Yeah, four zero. Sweet. They're going. They're going to. They're going back to L.A. They ended in L.A. and they're just like, thanks for the thanks for the hot dog. Um, I guess that makes you feel better about it. Like, oh, we took them to a harder series, but I don't. I mean. I don't know. I don't know. That's hard to that's that's a hard one to to, to do. I think, but, pers- but I, I, I think you're right. I think having the Ledozers, I think I think if they beat the Red Sox, it puts us in a weird place. L- right, like man, we we couldn't even beat them, but we beat the other team. Right, last year. we beat a better version of the Dodgers last year. I feel like, um, I don't know, man. Like, honestly, as a fan, I haven't been watching this World Series. As a sports guy doing a sports show, I've been watching it. It's just to make sure that something weird doesn't happen that we've got to talk about. But as a sports fan, I don't I don't know that I have a horse in the race. I don't care. Oh, <laughs> uh, my team lost. I'm done. Yeah, kinda. A little bit. Like <laughs> whatever. That's because you don't even follow baseball. I don't I don't care about baseball as much. I really don't. <laughs> You're like, oh the NBA started, that's all I care about now. Here's the thing. Baseball's hundred and sixty two games and that is the, a lot of games. And at the end of hundred and sixty two games they turn around and they then play a seven game Well before that, if two teams are tied, which happens Every year, someone is tied at the end. I don't understand that it happens. Yeah, 162, somehow they're tied. And there's tied. still two guys tied. And the two guys who are tied are both trying to get into the playoffs somehow. So now they have to have a one-game playoff. Even though in one of th- in this year, the two of them have played 17 times, 16 times. And one of the teams owned the season record by more by multiple games. Nah, I got to do it again. Nah, go ahead. Play one more. Squeeze one do more it again. out. <laughs> Squeeze one more out. Go ahead, just let's play 160, 163 games. That'll determine who's the best. Right, so we can play another seven-game series. But then when you – okay, so here's the other thing about baseball that drives me crazy. 162 games, okay? The record for most wins in a season was just set again this year for 108 wins. So think about it. That means that teams go 162. 100-62. That's insane. That means they, they lose almost two-thirds of what they win. <laughs> that's a 60% winning percentage. <laughs> right. That's the record for wins. This has got it. I win 60% of the time that I play. Well, that's that's not. In the NFL, there are teams that go 12-4, and 11-5. Right. That's not the same thing. That's, right. That's a lot more, as a matter of fact. Out of 16, that's that's 75%. That's a, that's a much bigger uh, in your favor. Like, that, the, the statistics, the the. The distance there. Go to card games. You got you got people going oh. undefeated. Right. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, going into round nine, completely yeah, undefeated. I won nine games in a row. hundred <laughs> percent compared to like, hey, we got sixty percent. We oh, made it to the playoffs. Sixty percent of the time I play a game, I win. <laughs> I did it. And that's good. the record for wins. Right. And that's the top that you maybe because at this point you're playing so many games that one of them you're just like, I'm just gonna throw this game away now. <laughs> but that means if you're ninety eight, you're ninety eight and seventy. Right. You'd be, you'd be 98 and 64. 
Oh God, so much 98 better. Ninety-eight and sixty-four. That's a disgusting. That level. is so many losses. That's a lot. <laughs> if someone told you you could lose sixty-four times in a year, right? I wouldn't believe him. I'd be like, "No, you're lying," and still be in first place. <laughs> and still be in first place. Ninety-eight wins probably gets you first place most years, or it puts you right in the running of it. Right. I mean, our our very own only went one hundred and three. Right. That's so too many games. It's too many games. It's too many. It's games. Too many games. Speaking of too many games, how much time we got? We got a minute and a half. All right, we're gonna come back to this too. But college football, uh, they're next week. They're debuting on Tuesday, the first official top twenty-five. And this is what I keep telling you: this college football, you don't have to talk about it until the lists start coming out. Oh, it's the big list season, this, boys. This, this is list season, and list season is about to get started. And so every week they're gonna update it based on play. But college football, there's too many, there's too many games because there's too many, there's too many teams, too many teams, 104, 108 teams in Division One. So there'll one. be teams with the same record. Yes, there will be, there will be. And right now, I think there's only six undefeateds left already, and so there's and there's still a lot of football to play. So six left. Yeah. So all six are obviously in the top ten, unless they're not. <laughs> Good save there. <laughs> um. Some people are. Some uh, okay. So here's here's the weird part. If their schedule isn't tough enough, if they don't, if they if not winning by enough points, if they're just not that good, even though they're undefeated, they might not be higher on, high enough on the list to get into the playoff. That's so dumb. How uh, can I how can I be undefeated and not make it to some sort of playoff? That's what I'm talking. Like so, I don't understand. Uh, and I know we're up against it here. Uh, when we come back, we're talking about University of Central Florida last year, who went undefeated. And still had to call someone else champion of college football. <laughs> Wasn't even in the playoff. Uh, we're going to jump out to a break. When we come back, it's more ball control. Ball control. Ball control. Welcome back to Ball Control. This is Corey DLG. Ball, Ball Control. <laughs> Just a bit outside. And with me as always is little brother Nico. Just a bit outside. Uh, before we get too far into this, uh, let me... Pull up, pull up your, yeah. your notes here. RNA Sports, man. Tell you guys about RNA Sports. 3501 North Fraser Street. Oh, look at Nico learning addresses. It's the second one I know, aside from my house. You know your own address? I do. That is an improvement, because there was a time... <laughs> You I don't know where I am. <laughs> where <laughs> am I? I don't know. Is this a thing? Are you somewhere? I don't know. Um, RNA Sports. Uh, oh man, this would have been cool. He's gonna. Uh, he's going to a show in Chicago, but I think he already left for it. And the Sopranos were gonna be there, so he can get stuff signed by them. Oh, that's nuts. I know. Man, it's so cool. RNA Sports is such a cool place to be. Yeah, it really is. Thirty-five hundred one North Fraser Street. They got all kinds of stuff going on. They got all kinds of people going on. Uh, December eighth, they got Rudy Tom da- Tom Janovich, the championship coach of the Houston Rockets. Yeah. Never underestimate the heart of a champion. Um, and he's gonna be there December eighth, signing autographs. And there's gonna be other stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff going on Black Friday weekend. He's gonna have a bunch of people in there signing. Get on Facebook. Everyone's on Facebook. I know this because your grandma's on Facebook. She sends me messages. She's confused. She just keeps typing Google and hitting send. I don't know why she <laughs> on, does that. On Facebook. <laughs> on Facebook. It's just, every post is just Google. Uh, but anyway, fantastic Facebook page. Puts all the information on there. They're selling Astros gear right now at a discount to celebrate the end of a successful Astros season. You need to go to RNA Sports. You need to check it out. Uh, get on the Facebook page. Like their page. They post information on there all the time. They got all sorts of stuff going on. He goes to shows, gets stuff signed um, there, or he has people come to the store. And if you need any sort of sports memorabilia, pop culture memorabilia, he will get it for you. That's Rich with RNA Sports at 3501 North Fraser Street in Conroe. All right, we were talking a little college football before we, cool uh, before we got uh, too far down the road. And college football is confusing. Very confusing. They got Let me six, give you, six million teams. They, they do. Let me give you a little example. So, two weekends ago, all right, Texas was off 
And the same weekend they were off, about four teams ahead of them lost. All right. Makes sense. So Joey Savage and I were at the Texans game, and he was sitting there talking. He said, Texas is going to wind up moving up. They're probably going to be like in the top five. I was like, you think so? And he was like, yeah, they had a big win, uh, I believe, against Oklahoma. And, you know, they're probably going to move up because they beat Oklahoma and then several top ten teams lose. So there's going to be spots opening up because this is how it works. When you lose, you fall. When you win, you go up. Makes sense. Right. As you would think a list would work. Correct. Oh, you know what? Texas has beat Oklahoma. LSU was off. Ah. Uh, LSU being off moved to number five. Texas moved into number seven. Yep, obviously. Right. Um, it's sports, but because the teams don't all play each other, because there's too many teams, they there's not an easy way to decide it, so it's an opinion question in sports. You have to just decide. Right, it's ranking based on who we think is better. And a lot of times the teams do play. A lot Enough of the teams play. Here's the thing. There's enough really good teams in the same conferences that they play and they sort it out for you, so those guys fall and They'll rise accordingly. Yeah. But they don't play each other necessarily. So then you start asking subjective questions because the only way they're ever going to play is in the playoff. So you start saying things like, well, yeah, but is Ohio State better than Alabama? I don't know. Well, is New Mexico State better than Fresno State? And you start asking like weird stuff because the teams don't play each other, and now you got to line it up and see. So uh, University like of Central theory Florida. crafting. It is, really. So University of Central Florida uh, last year was undefeated. They did not lose. It to anyone they scheduled and played. Everyone they scheduled, they beat. Um, now, some people said their schedule was too weak to justify putting them into the four-team playoff. There were teams in the four-team playoff with losses. So, to me, that's not appropriate. That's not fair to Central Florida, who is a big enough program that I think you could put them in a top four, especially if they're if they're undefeated. I mean, if right. you if you don't lose a game. And then you you don't get to play in the tournament to determine a champion. Like, make them the four seed. Make them play the best team and see how it goes. Right, yeah. And if their roster was too weak to play this event, you'll see that as soon as they enter their exactly. game one, they get crushed. If, they've, if they haven't well, – here, and here's the, here's the flip side of that. Alabama is so much better than everyone else, but they don't get penalized for being better than everyone else. So think about that. Alabama plays teams that everyone else agrees are worse than them. Worse than them, but good teams. But they say, well, but Alabama's so much. Alabama's so much better. Their starting quarterback hasn't played a fourth quarter. Wow. All year. They take him out every fourth quarter because they're up by so much. Right. It doesn't matter at this point. So if, if Alabama can be so much better than everyone else, they didn't play a tough schedule then. Right. Now they play the toughest teams available, but it wasn't tough for them. Right, yeah. They, they, used to, walk, they, they used walked to, right through it. They used to crush everyone and they faced. They put in their twos. Backups, uh, go out there and finish the game for us. The starters are done for today. Right. So how does that work exactly? That we're going to say that their schedule is harder than other teams when their starters don't even play the fourth quarter. Right. They are not even in this game. They're so, they've, they're so far ahead and they're so unconcerned about losing the game that they pull their starters. <laughs> and then you're going to tell me, well, yeah, but you University of Central Florida didn't play, didn't play someone uh, tough enough to get into the playoffs, right? Well, neither did Alabama. Alabama just whooped everyone they played, right? Beat them like beat them like the stepchild. Like, so why are we sitting there having this conversation where we say, oh, well, Alabama schedule was tougher though, oh, tougher right. to who? Tougher not to them. Not to them. They didn't have a problem with it. And Florida didn't have a problem with it. And why are we penalizing Florida for that? Right. So this year there's going to be a team that winds up going undefeated and not getting into the dance. And you're going to have a team like Alabama whose starting quarterback doesn't even play fourth quarters. And they're going to be the one seed. And they should be the one seed because they're whipping on everybody. But it's not going to be fair to the team that goes undefeated and doesn't get in the playoff because they whipped up on everybody too. Right. But the piece, the people they beat doesn't even doesn't right. even count. Oh well, they beat they beat a bunch of cupcakes. Well, Alabama didn't struggle with anybody either. <laughs> right, compared to everyone. Else. Like, is it their fault? Now, yes, the schools can schedule stuff, but they can't schedule it this year. They schedule years in advance. Right. You schedule you. So, if I'm University of Central Florida, I'll I'll call a smaller school and I'll say, listen, I'll pay you five million dollars to come play me in a home away home away series over four years 
I can't control if they get better or worse from there. Now, right, I just yeah. gave them $5 million. They better get better, but they don't necessarily get better. And then he goes the other way. Alabama calls Central Florida and says, hey, I'll pay you $5 million to do a, a way home away with us. So you'll come to Alabama twice and we'll come to you once. Okay. Okay. But, but the schedules are tight, so it won't start for two more years from now. Well, what if Florida falls off? Right. Yeah. Are, we, are we penalizing Alabama for that? That doesn't make sense. These schedules are made too far in advance to start blaming strength of schedule. Right. Especially when there's a team obliterating everyone. So strength of schedule is an irrelevant argument at that point. Right. Because there's no one. If I'm, there's someone who's just better at everything, then, like, what, why even compare? Why, yeah, why is that even an ingredient? What, what does it even matter? Why don't we, I mean, if, if yes, they're beating better teams than, than Central Florida. I'm not arguing that. But if Central Florida is undefeated and Alabama's undefeated, they're at least comparable in the sense that they haven't lost. Right. So let's get him in the tournament. We've already said we're having a tournament. We're having a playoff. Four teams are going. Put the two undefeateds in there and just ride it out. Right. Let's see what happens. Okay, so, and then if their schedule's not strong enough, then prove it that they'll lose in round one. Right. And if they don't, then they've proved you wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And if they lose in round one, if they play Alabama and Alabama beats them 58-6. to six, All right, then. Th then next year, we don't have to have that question. Right. Next year, when Central Florida's undefeated, we can go, okay, but last year was 58-6. to six. You're going to sit this year out. Now, the third year, if, I, if they're undefeated again? We have some questions. <sighs> Let's put them back in. Let's see what's going on. Right. Let's see what's happening here. Uh, but I, my biggest issue is simply we use these. It's subjective. It's all opinion. It's all opinion. But then when we start measuring these opinion criterias, we don't apply them equally and universally. Right. Also, if you're Alabama, you take no risk when you make your schedule. No. You can schedule whoever you want. It doesn't matter. You're beating them by 25 points. Right, yeah. You'll crush everyone you meet. It doesn't matter. Now, on the flip side of that, there's a coach who's had great success everywhere he goes. But he quickly burns out, and he quickly wants out. Urban Meyer. How much time do we have here? We have two minutes. Okay, Urban Meyer, we already talked about earlier in the show, when the show first debuted, about being a bad leader. Right. He got in trouble. He had a guy working for him who... Um, Probably beat his wife. He defended him. Photos came out. He still defended him. When he got suspended, he was defiant about it. When the report came out that he may have misled people and tried to delete and hide things in his phone, he was defiant about that. He's now back from suspension. They just got their butts kicked by Purdue. Ohio State season probably isn't over because they can win out, and they'll probably be in the playoffs with one loss over an undefeated Central Florida team. Um, so it doesn't matter. But they lost to a really bad school. And now the rumbles have started. There's talk uh, that him and the AD may not may not be getting along. There's talk that the coaching staff is all upset at each other. Because he's probably mad at a lot of people because they lost to a really bad Purdue. Purdue had no business beating him. No. But they did. But they did. And they beat him bad. Wasn't even close. Vegas was scratching their heads. Vegas never gets anything wrong. They weren't even close on either. They were, they were given Ohio State points, and Ohio State lost the game by a bunch of points. Now what? Now what? Um, yeah, strength of schedule that. But um, <laughs> Urban Meyer, he was in Florida. They won some titles. They had a decent run, part of the SEC being a dominant conference. And then he abruptly left. All of a sudden, out of the blue, he said, hey, I got family stuff. I, don't need to, I can't be here anymore. I've got family stuff to deal with. I'm going home. Two years later, he winds up in Ohio State as the head coach. Oh, that took care of itself then. Yeah, family stuff solved. His family fixed itself. I don't... No one, there wasn't details. I said at the time I thought he was cheating on, like I thought there was like an affair, or an issue. That never came out. It was an, It was me just speculating. Speculating. Um, but now all of a sudden in Ohio State, I see the pattern again. He's starting to complain, starting to whine, starting to be defiant, argumentative, starting to blame the media, starting to blame the coaches. I think we're a year or two away from the end of Urban Meyer in Ohio State. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I don't, I don't think it lasts much longer. Uh, which is going to be a problem because he's really good at what he does, which is build college football programs. And then uh, he leaves again. And just like that, we're going to leave to a break. And when we come back, we got ball a lot more control. ball control still to go. Ball control. Welcome back to Ball control. Control, control. Oh, oh, we control. Oh, oh, oh. 
like pigeons in the background. Control, control, control. This is Corey DLG, and with me as always is little brother Nico. SoundCloud rapper. Yeah. <laughs> Check his <laughs> Spotify. Uh, I did not expect that. Uh, we're on 104.5, 106.1, and we are streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Give them the social medias. Uh, uh, Ball Control Podcast, everywhere you go. There you go. Google it. I'm sure we come up, and if we don't, oh, just skip over the inappropriate ones and then find us. And then find us. We'll be there. He'll we're there. Us. Probably page three, page four. I don't want to talk about it. We're not there yet. Um. Anyway, let me just remind you guys, check out RNA Sports. They're a sponsor. They're great. Go to their Facebook page. Like them today. RNA Sports, 3501 North Fraser Street. For all your sports memorabilia needs, I got with me a notepad. It's got things written down on it. Are you ready? Uh, no. Okay, because we're halfway through the show, so I really needed you to get your stuff together. <laughs> like, get with me on this here. Look, I set up the board. I pressed the record. What do you want me to do? Right. I do my job. I am producing currently. I'm. I'm. I'm done. <laughs> I'm finished. Done. Co-host. I don't know what you mean. That's that's how you sound. Done. Finished. That's my. You can't even do it. Your voice isn't even lower. Oh, what a little boy. It's okay. Uh, All right. Uh, I have two things I want to talk about here in this segment here. What? Okay. So the NFL, it's win or go home. It's win or go big. It's win or, it's win or lose. Okay? I mean, that's it's, how most games work. It's do or die. Okay. The NFL is 16 games. Every game matters. If you lose more than five, six games, you're probably not in the playoffs. You're probably going home. I don't know. I can still win two-thirds and do pretty, pretty good. Uh, in baseball. <laughs> this is the NFL. Oh, no. This is the NFL where 60% ain't nothing. Ain't nothing. Ain't nothing. Da-da-da-da-da. Ain't got nothing on me. Anyway, um, that being said, there's two teams in the NFL that are real, real bad right now. What you got for me, coach? The Raiders. Huh. The Oakland, oh, I wish they were somewhere else. Raiders. And the New York, what's going on with Eli Manning Giants? Man, his name is Eli Manning. Thank Eli you, Manning. Um, so it's two different stories, right? It goes two different paths, okay? Uh, Oakland was, they're they're leaving. They're leaving in a year. They don't necessarily know where they're going to play in next year or the, or the year after. But they know they want to wind up in Vegas. Everyone Vegas wants them in Vegas. The NFL thinks they want them in Vegas, but... There's not a stadium yet. There's nowhere to go. Like, everything's still kind of... Go to Vegas, yeah. And then I think the lease in Oakland is up, and they don't have that middle place yet, okay? So, all that being said, they needed something to entice and excite the fan. We need something. We need something. So, they go to John Gruden. They give him 10 years, $100 million, to walk away from the NFL, uh, to walk away from the broadcasting booth, and come back to the NFL. All right. Now, John Gruden is a Super Bowl-winning coach. Nice. But he hasn't coached a football game in 10 years. Uh, a lot of things change in 10 years. And after he won the Super Bowl, his teams proceeded to lose a lot. He spent about four years being a real bad head coach before they fired him in Tampa Bay. And when he got fired in Tampa Bay, that's it. He yeah. didn't go anywhere else. He hung it up to dry. Coaches usually wind up somewhere else for a couple of years, and a couple of years, and a couple of years, and a couple of years. He was like, "I'm done." He 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 took two years off and wound up in TV and never looked back. I mean, you already got your Super Bowl ring. You're done. Right, and that's part of the thing is when you it's it's a I think in the NFL there's this was maybe two years ago there were only like four active head coaches with a ring. Period. Right. So it's not an easy thing to win Super Bowl rings, uh, and it's definitely not an easy thing to be competitive for long periods of time in the NFL. The cycles are tight. You replace a thirty-year roster every year. You got to know what you're doing. You got to have a system in place. You got to have a process for getting players in, acclimated, and ready to go. So John Gruden shows up in Oakland, and he doesn't like the team that he has. Now. My argument would be he knew that that was the team he had because they were there before he was. Right. He's the last guy to the party, not the other way around. Who are these guys? He didn't show up and then everyone else walked in and he was like, oh, who are these mutts? This was the roster when he got here. But there's a couple things going on with Oakland behind the scenes that people are talking about, but no one's specifically saying no one's verifying this, but nobody's refuting it. I haven't heard any one person say that this isn't accurate. Uh. They don't have the money. Oh, no. They don't have the money right now. They're cash poor. They're not poor. They're a billion-dollar franchise. They're worth a million. Like, they're worth all kinds of money. But right now, they're cash poor. 
and they don't have a stadium next year. Right. What are they going to do? So when you sign players to long-term extensions, you have to put the money in an escrow account. Khalil Mack wanted his contract. They didn't have money to put in an escrow account. They had to move him. Oh, no. Uh, Derek Carr had just gotten his contract the year before. That was probably all the money they had. That's it. We're out. Um, Done. Amari Cooper is playing on his rookie deal. He's got one more year on the rookie deal. After that, where'd you go? After that, you got to give him money. Oh, no. I have to give them money to play the game? And I don't think Oakland has the ability to do that right now. That's such a weird situation to find yourself in as this team. Right. And the problem is Amari Cooper's a good player, so he's going to command somewhere between 40 to $60 million in guarantees. The guaranteed money has to be, the guaranteed money on a contract that they're likely to get early on has to be in an escrow account. So Oakland would have to be able to write a 40 to $60 million check and just sit it somewhere. Oh, And gosh. then still pay their salaries and their people and their things and their places and blah, blah, and I blah, don't know if they travel can do that, and, and it seems like they're not able to. Also, what that also means, though, is they're never firing John Gruden because coaches' salaries are guaranteed. So if they fire him, they have to keep paying him. So then who was the genius that was like, let's bring this guy back? <sighs> Where's that decision coming from? From the owners. That's a terrible decision. They have loved John Gruden forever. Al Davis and his son. Al Davis is dead. His son, Al Davis, before he died, was obsessed with bringing back John Gruden. His one regret was letting John Gruden go, they say, allegedly. <laughs> My one regret. And his son has called John Gruden apparently every year to see if he's ready to come back. And apparently this year they were ready to talk and they got some numbers going. And this is the number that it's, that he said it would take. And the other guy said, deal. <laughs> he was like, deal. Yeah, only no problem. 100 million? Yeah, only 100 million? Oh, yeah, obviously. Now, part of that I do believe is totally payable in the sense that, like, they just have to pay him his salary every week, okay? So that they can afford. But, like, they don't give big money to their assistants. They don't give big money to their to their, to their their scouting department. They don't give big money to their trainers. They're not like some of these other organizations, some of these other programs where they put a lot of money in. They don't do that. They don't have the ability to anymore. I, I think that's what it is. I think they don't have the ability to do it. So if John Gruden doesn't work, they're stuck for 10 years with a bad head coach. That's such a long time with a, with a coach that's been retired for 10 years. Right. And so he reached out and he told the general manager that it's time to start moving some pieces. So they charted, They traded Amari Cooper to the Dallas Cowboys for a first-round pick. For effectively nothing right now. For well, a gamble. For a future pick, right. So now Oakland will have, between this and the Khalil Mack trade, five first-round draft picks in the next two drafts. Three this year, two the year after that. Genius level, it's like. We'll see how it goes, but the problem is the, the draft picks are more afford- affordable, and that's why they're doing it. But he's, a player. he's turning off all the players. Like, people don't want to be there. Derek Carr is having issues. And John Gruden is known for grinding his quarterbacks into pebbles and throwing them away. That's a rough. That's a rough. I thing. don't know if I told you this story, but there was somebody who went on TV one time and they were talking about John Gruden. And essentially they told the story where John Gruden got onto him because he was left-handed. What? How are you supposed to control that? So John Gruden was mad because in all of his plays he had to flip it the other way because the quarterback was left-handed instead of right-handed. Wow. So all the quarterback motions, all the sweeps, and all the rolls, and all of that needed to go towards his left side so that he could throw without crossing his body. Right. And John Gruden was like, that's so annoying. Oh, God forbid you be left-handed. Boop, boop. <laughs> right. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Just flip it. Boop, right. boop. <laughs> Mirror image, done. <laughs> right. But they couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Um, so f- I don't think that they have I – don't, I don't know what they're going to do. The other team is the Giants. Eli Manning has two Super Bowl rings. They just gave Odell Beckham uh, $80 million in guaranteed money. and They're doing trash. They're Not only are they doing bad, Odell Beckham, though, is giving press conferences where he's talking to Rachel Nichols, sitting next to Lil Wayne, complaining about how, uh, you know, how bad the team is, uh, complaining about uh, the quarterback, complaining about all kinds of stuff. Here's the truth. The Giants are bad because they can't keep Eli Manning on his feet. Yeah, they, he's gotten sacked like one million times. They just had him on. They just had him on Monday Night Football here this week, and the Giants were embarrassed. The Giants were embarrassed, and they they're giving Nate Solders fifteen million dollars this year, and he isn't he isn't blocking he isn't even blocking people's line of sight. Like he is he is <laughs> terrible. He's the worst. He is 
bad. And he's the left tackle. He's protecting the blind side of Eli Manning. And that's uh, clearly he's not working out too well. No, he's just standing between people and, and Eli Manning. He's not even blocking. They're going right around him. He's he's like a thing in the middle of the road that you just change lanes. Like right, yeah, not a big deal. He is stopping nobody. And it's not working. It's just not working. So the Giants now have started trading off pieces. They've already made they made two trades uh, yesterday morning, and they're probably going to keep making some more. They traded their starting cornerback and their starting de- de- defensive lineman to different teams for draft picks. Wow. I feel, I feel like draft picks feel a little bit desperate. So they're starting over. Right. We're they're starting over. We're finished. Draft picks are definitely the currency of not this year. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what it, that's what it is. Yeah, because you're like, well, clearly we're not winning this year. But in the NFL, you can't do that. Like in the NBA, you can play for next year because yes, it's 82 games, which is a lot. But because it's a lot of games, you can a lot, be, of, a lot of pieces can shift too. Right, and you but people get a lot of minutes at least in the right. NFL. Every game is so important that you don't give minutes to people who can't who don't deserve them because they're going to get overpowered and overplayed. But now all of a sudden, the Oakland Raiders and the New York Giants are so. Right, their, or poorly with run? their twenty thousand first draft, right? First round draft picks, and that's what they're doing right now. Is they're just slowed up on draft picks. Maybe we'll get a good team eventually. Anybody worth anything right now can be traded from the Giants, and probably the Raiders. If there's somebody you like on the Raiders or the Giants, you need to call if you're running an NFL team because they'll probably make you the deal. Right, they'll probably be like, oh yeah, dude, thanks. Yeah, absolutely, we'll do that. Oh, you'll give us a fifth round draft pick? Yeah, no problem, we'll take it. Do you have another one you can give us? You do. We'll give you two of those guys. Like <laughs> right. they don't well, I'm just calling them real fast. Right. They don't care about any of it. They're just giving it all away. And it's crazy to me that this season has gone so bad so fast. Also, the Giants had the number two pick in the draft or the number four pick? Number two pick, I believe. And they chose Saquon Barkley, a running back, while there were still three quarterbacks on the draft board behind uh, Baker Mayfield. So if this isn't the year and this isn't the team, you take a quarterback, and that way you have somebody to play behind Eli Manning, because right now you would bench Eli Manning, and you would let you would let someone else play. Right. Considering that he is isn't going to get anywhere. Um, I mean, it's just it's interesting to me that they're basically punting on these seasons, and in the NFL you don't do that. You only have eight home games. You only so many. Uh, the NFL is an event every game, and yet here we are. They're they're quitting. They're done. They're done with you. And speaking of being done, we're going to jump out to a break. And we come back here down to one last segment of the greatest sports show in Conroe, Ball Control. Ball Control. Ball Control. Welcome back to Ball Control. This is Corey DLG, and with me, as always... Ned. All right, little brother Nico in the hizzy. That's me. We are on 104.5, 106.1, and this is the very last segment of Ball Control this week here on a glorious and drying up Thursday afternoon right here in the beautiful city of Conrosia. Is that what they call it now? No, it's still Conroe. Oh, okay. Yeah. I used to call Huntsville Hunts Vegas because I thought I was cool, and then I found out everyone who's a loser calls it Hunts Vegas, and Aww. I was like, I'm a loser. <laughs> And the sun realization. But it didn't stop me from calling in Hunts Vegas for like a <laughs> year. Because like I'm I'm that cool of a guy. Anyway, um Yeah. So there's been some ripples in the world of the NBA that we need to touch on. Oh my. There's things going on. The NBA season's just getting started. Teams are starting to play a couple right. games here and there. They're walking out I'm three and but there's eighty seven million games. Yeah, there's still seventy nine more games to go, <laughs> so calm down, bro. Um, and the Rockets, James Harden just tweaked his hamstring, but he said it's no big deal. And again, with 82 games, James Harden's probably going to miss about 510. Right, yeah. We also lost to the Gazes. Gazes. Uh, yeah, we did. I don't want to talk about that. Anyway, um, okay. So here's something that, that is going on. The NBA has announced that they're going to offer into the G League spots where they're going to pay a guy six figure salary, these one and duns that have been going to college. So you're a great high school senior. You go to play for a college literally for six months. You don't even go to class second semester because by the time they report, you've already been drafted by the NBA, so you don't care. Right. You go to classes for one semester. These Essentially, the NCAA was forcing these kids to go play for colleges for one year. It was helping the colleges. It wasn't helping the kids at all. Right. These kids didn't. They could care less. It wasn't for them. They, they needed 
they want on-the-job training. They don't want to go. They're NBA players. They're going to be NBA players. That's what they believe. That's what their talent is. That's their skill set. They have no business at college. It's not for them. Uh, some of them have been going to play professional overseas, but the issue was, listen, you're not necessarily going to get the same treatment. You're not going to be taught the things the NBA wants you to learn. You're not going to learn the NBA game. You're just going to learn an international game of basketball that you then have to translate over here anyway. Right. So it's the NBA, not the same. it's not. So the NBA stepped up, and this year they decided they announced that they were going to be offering to the kind of guys who were likely one and done guys in college the opportunity to come play in the G League if they want. A lot of people at first were excited, but then they all kind of said, you know what, like, I want to wait and see how it goes for the first guy before I say if it's something I'm interested in. Right. Um, well, someone else just came up and did something different. Um, Darius Basley has decided to forego college, and he's opted for a $1 million shoe company internship. Nice. That's real expensive. (laughs) Basley is ranked the number 13 prospect in 2018 by ESPN, and he decommitted from Syracuse in March, and at first said he was going to take the G League up on their offer for the 125 grand. And then instead, New Balance stepped in, and they brokered a first-of-his-kind job offer. He's going to work for them for three months and make a million dollars. Yeah, that makes sense. That's how how internships work. I wish I was that good at anything to do that. (laughs) Um, So the thing of it is, he is now not going to get competitive play for a year why well because he's not he's He's not going to be in this g league he's not signed up anywhere he's not in college he's not in the g league he's not overseas so he can work on his game all he wants he can make all the shots he wants he can work on his dribble he can work on his defense he can work on his athleticism but he's not going to be playing games and ultimately that's the most relevant part of the whole process. That's the whole point of going overseas so you can at least play the game. It may not be the same game. But it's at least the professional game, and you learn how to behave like a professional. And if you go to college, you at least learn more basketball, and you're at least competitive so they can compare you to other athletes of athletic, like, of a comparable athletic nature. But if you're just sitting, if you're just sitting pat, like, you're not doing anything, I don't know how that's going to help you. Right. I don't know. That's a weird. That's a weird decision. I didn't think about that till you explained that. Where it was just like, he's not gonna do anything for three months, right? And also giving him a million dollars feels dumb, right? He hasn't. He's not doing anything. He's not getting you anywhere. He might be helping you sell some shoes, he, but is he? But there's, I, I'm sure there's some people who, like the the basketball heads, probably are are like, yeah, that's you know what, yeah, I'd be interested in, but. He probably could sell a couple shoes, and maybe he wears Jordans. And he, and I don't, man, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But one thing he's not doing is he's not getting better. Right. He might be learning new skills. He might be stepping up his his art, his craft, but he's not going to be competing against other athletes. No, and that's kind of the whole point. And that to me makes it a worthless opportunity to me. Like, yeah, take the million dollars for sure. I get it. I right. Yeah. I get it. But I wonder how the NBA scouts are going to view this. When he gets into the combine, is he going to be faster or is he going to be slower than everyone else? Is he going to be comfortable on four-on-fours and five-on-fives and two-man and two man games and three-man games? Is he going to be – Right. Is he going to have the skill set he's going to need to play this right. game? Right. Is he going to be ready to to switch on, on, like, on defense? Is he going to understand the calls and all that? Because he won't be around anything other players. Like, you can learn all the stuff on your own. But then you got to be back around other players and remember how everyone else moves and how everyone else acts, and you're it's not just standing te- there shooting. It's, it's a team sport, right? Boys. Exactly, and you got to remember spacing. You're like, okay, well, he's in my spot. Well, he's got a spot too. You got to find it in the flow of the game. And there's just a million. There's a million variants in this game, and if you're going to be separated from all of it, how much better are you going to be? I don't know, and I don't know that it's better for your career at all. I just don't know. I'm not sure. All, it looks like all he's getting is this extra million dollars. Well, he's he's not having to go to college. Right, and he gets a million dollars. And he gets a million dollars. And he doesn't have to go overseas. Right. But unless this fed into the G League somehow or some sort of like... Unless it gave him the ability to... Or you know what? If there were 10 of these guys and they could go on like a two-month tour where they played games against the 10 of them at least... But ten of these type of players, these guys who were ranked and eligible for these one and dones and all that, if you at least had like a like some like, like they they went on like a, a two month twelve city and they played a week in each city and it gave them the the experience of travel and being away and learning and blah 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 and 
but it's he's, none of that. He's going to be at home in a gym for the next year, right? For a million dollars. And I mean, good for him, right? Great for him, but it's bad for him too, right? And I don't think I don't think good this was for the million dollars. Bad for getting you into professional basketball. Bad for preparing you. And I don't. I just don't think. I don't think. I don't think it was well thought through. All right, guys. Tonight, seven twenty p.m. Central, Fox and the NFL Network. The Texans are favored right here in Houston against the Dolphins. The Dolphins. Here's my problem with that. Why? Two things. It's Brock a prime. Os- it's Brock. a pro- it's, yeah, Brock Osweiler. It's thing one. He's a former Texan. We tr- We had to give Cleveland a draft pick to take him. He was awful. He was real bad for us, and this is how we fixed it. We sent him to Cleveland, and Cleveland said we don't want him. So we had to give Cleveland a draft pick to accept Brock Osweiler. <laughs> he was garbage. We had to give them a second round pick in order to get off to get rid of Brock Osweiler. He was awful. That's how bad he was. But he remembers how much we hate him. Right. He's going to ball out. He's going to do everything he can to ball out. And they just beat a Chicago defense that was pretty good a few weeks ago. Well, hopefully our, our burning hate and passion comes uh, back. And man, I hope like we cripple in first place. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't mean that. Oh. I don't mean that. <laughs> that was an aggressive stance there. May he remain intact. Uh, I hope he gets humiliated. I, hope he, I do hope he gets humiliated, though. Five interceptions wouldn't bother me at all. Um, just like he did for us. Oh, God. Oh, God. I, darn it, Brock. Uh, still mad. I am still mad. Like, when I think about it, I'm yes. still Also, because it came out that Bill O'Brien is hard on his quarterbacks, like he's critical. So, like, when they come back from the, the sideline, he's like, hey, don't throw to the other team, dummy. And Brock Osweiler is one of those guys who needs love and affection, not anger. That made me hate him even more. Right, yeah. Like, oh, really? Now you're going to be soft on top of bad? Like, at least have thick skin when you're bad. Right. But no. No. Not Brock. <laughs> um, so by the end there, that the was... The Sauceweiler here. <laughs> the Sauceweiler was real bad. Uh, it was spoiled. Um, but the other thing is, we're not good at primetime games. Oh, really? The Texans are notoriously bad in primetime. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm going to be upset if we just lose to Brock Osweiler. Okay, we're favored seven and a half points, which means they think the Texans are going to win by eight points. I think we're going to lose. Oh, no. You're going to make the assumption now? I think we're going to lose this game tonight. I think we're going to lose, and I think we're going to lose because Brock Osweiler is going to throw two touchdowns and we won't be able to score for some reason. Like, Deshaun Watson is going to look amazing but never score. And get hit a million times and explode. God, you know he had a bruised lung? Oh, man. Yeah, this came out after the game. He dro- he had to ride a bus to Jacksonville. Oh, I did hear about this. Because they were afraid. They, they were too scared to, to put him on the f- team flight. They thought it would hurt his bruised lung, but they let him play football. Genius-level intellect, dude. This is why people say football is a violent sport. A man with a bruised lung who was ineligible to fly started quarterback for us. Now, granted, he only ran like twice, and he he really didn't take any hits, thank God. But what the F. Right. Like, hey, what? you can have a – I've never even heard of a bruised lung. Right. I don't even like, – I don't even know, like, you could do anything to your lung without <laughs> collapsing it or un- something. Until a few years ago, I didn't know you could bruise a bone. And then that started being a thing in football where they're like, yeah, he's got a bone bruise. And I was like, oh, my God, that sounds, that sounds terrible. Like, <laughs> is he okay? <laughs> Will he live? Will he make it? Uh, and now you're talking about a guy with a bruised lung? That seems pretty important. You need that to breathe. Right. <laughs> right. Starting quarterback. Starting took, quarterback. Took a bus. Too wounded to fly. Too wounded to fly. Still took played him. Still played him. Starting quarterback. Still played him. Um, I feel like that was reckless. <laughs> it seems crazy. So I'm predicting a loss there. Anyway, um... It's kind of a not. It's not a great week. Uh, the Jaguars play the Eagles. They're both three and four. Hopefully, the Eagles win. That's going to be at eight thirty in the morning because it's a London game. We oh gotta, right, that's we so gotta weird. stop going to London. I hate oh, that. Why? Why I go to London? Because they want to put a team over there. But it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. Right? Yeah. Oh. American football in London, guys. Uh, the Jets and the Bears are Get playing. Get on down at your eight a.m. football. Right. So okay, the Jets and the Bears are playing, and here's why this is interesting. Everyone thinks Sam Darnold is potentially a good quarterback. Everyone thought Mitchell Trubisky would potentially be a good quarterback. It's three years later. He's still not a good oh, quarterback. No. I think Sam Darnold is playing himself in the future, like X-Men days of future past. Like I, just, I, don't, I think this is just two versions of the same guy. I think they're both <laughs> same bad. Same man. The same man. They don't even know it yet. Uh, the Broncos play the Chiefs. 
The Broncos just gave John Elway a, I believe, five-year extension. Good for them. And the five years he's been president of the team, they've drafted five quarterbacks. None of them are on the roster. Ooh, got him. So they might want to start being a little more critical of their staffing decisions there. Nah. Five fine. years is a long time. Uh, Le'Veon Bell still didn't report to the Steelers. <laughs> didn't show up on his off week to get his free $800,000. <laughs> he ain't coming back. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. He's not. Uh, now they're saying he's waiting until the trade deadline passes so he doesn't come in, sign the deal, and get traded. He wants to come in, sign the deal, and split carries with James Conner so he doesn't get ridden into the ground. There you go. And then he still wants to go get his $40, 50000000 million somewhere. Right, yeah. Uh, the Raiders are 1-5. They play the 2-5 and five Colts. The Colts are going to win. Um, so sad. It bothers me a lot. Patriots and Bills is Monday Night Football. This is going to be a beating of the beating is beat, beat kind. Mm. It's going to be real bad. It's going to be real bad. It's going to be real bad. Um, Yeah, man. I just – I I don't think Sam Darnold is anything special. Uh, But everyone's saying that he's the next this. He's the next guy. He's, he's the, the guy. Next, he's the next. I, I think he's playing what he is the next of. I think he's playing – Future him when he plays Mitchell Trubisky, who three <laughs> years from now, they still don't know who he is. They just don't know. Who is this guy? He's been here for five years. Right. Is he, is he any good? I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know. I can't tell. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not M- sure. Maybe. <laughs> what? When did he come on? 2012? What? Yeah, what? It's one of those guys when you find out they're actually 40 and they look nine. And you're <laughs> like, you're how old? Yeah, I'm a grandfather. You're like, What? I thought you were a kid out of school. I was going to write you a truancy ticket. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. All right. So all that being said, we're going to get out of here. Uh, thank you for listening and hope you enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Check us out tomorrow at 2 p.m. with Nerd Thug Radio. This has been, as always, Ball Control. Check us out on 104.5, 106.1, streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Nico, what are those social medias? Uh, Ball Control Podcast. Ball Control Podcast. Check it out on Facebook. Check it out on Twitter. We're on them things. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a great day. And uh, go Texans. Ball Control. Ball Control.